Aloha and welcome to Spirit Chat Radio. I am excited to be back after the holidays and family and all kinds of stuff that's been going on. I've been working on a new project that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. And I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit before I actually get into the Q&A session today. Um, today, I, I'm going to be addressing some questions that from my Keys to Spirit World group, formerly my Higher Purpose Learning group. I wanted to address some empath questions because I'd been getting a lot of them. So I just threw it up there. And for those of you who, who wrote questions to me, sorry it took so long. I, I finally got here and we're going to answer a bunch of stuff. Anyways, that being said, one of the things I've been working on that I think everybody's going to find exciting, probably as exciting as me, is uh, my empath school. I've been talking about that for a lot of years, and it's finally coming together. I'm getting some finishing touches done on some classes that I'm doing for empaths. For those of you who don't know about the empath school or haven't heard me talk about it, or those of you who are, who are new, I actually specialize in teaching empaths how to manage and develop empath abilities. That's one of my specialties. It's one of the things I am the most excited about. I love doing it and there's a lot to be taught. And so this uh, first class that I'm going to be offering, I have several that, that are going to be under my belt here. Uh, when you get into the school is, is going to be quite extensive and amazing. You are going to be so excited about it. I'm really happy with how it's turning out. So if you're a struggling empath or you've been following me on this kind of stuff and you want to look into the school, I'm going to put the link below. It's probably going to be, unless you're listening to this later, it'll either be a, the landing page or it will be when the school is open. So if you want to know when it's going to be open and uh, you want to look into that, you definitely are going to want to check out the link below. And... Now, let's get into empath questions, because these are all always really fun. And so we're going to start with Jessica, who her question was, how do empaths express or assert their need for rest and recharge with their family when they don't quite understand, but over the years they've just come to accept you? So, And then she goes in to talk about, like, some of my personal needs aren't met, I'd like uh, info on meditations or practices and tools that can help me uh, maintain the inner peace. So that type of thing is actually a good question for people who are psychically sensitive and or empaths, but the answer you're going to find might be a little bit different. Uh, when you say, how do I express or how do empaths express or assert their need for rest and recharge with their family when they don't understand, you kind of have to talk to your family in more layman or non-metaphysical terms. So if you're feeling like um, you are very drained or you understand why that you're feeling very um kind of shaky, dizzy, you're, you're not feeling well because you were with a group of people or you guys were out doing something. I, these things don't always need to be transferred to family and friends or your need to like kind of uh, bubble yourself, do grounding techniques or whatever. It doesn't need to be voiced to those people in like 
you know what, that was my energy's drained. I'm I really need to recharge. If you start talking to people like that, in my experience, and I do this for a living, and I've done it for a really long time. Those are not even terms I technically use because I know that people cannot al- align with what you're saying, or they cannot they cannot um, you know oh, I'm searching for the word they cannot relate. There you go, jeez, they cannot relate to what you're saying. So when you're looking to have somebody support you with anything, really you need to be able to get to them on a relatable level. So if your personal needs are not being met, if you don't say something that they can relate to, then they kind of are thinking you're being whiny or whatever. And so that really goes for any, you know, psychic senses and that sort of thing. So what you would want to do in that instance is just be like, you know, that was a lot for me today. Or um, I really don't want to hang out with those people. They make me feel a little edgy or I feel a little irritated when I do that or um, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So words that you can use uh, would be more like just kind of steer clear mostly of the word energy. However, I do notice that some people are very open to like uh, their energy is weird. But like I said, if, if your family is, if you're trying to, ha- if you're having a, language barrier um, with trying to explain to them that you need like some space or you need to be grounding and that sort of thing, then just use different terms. Um, A lot of my family, I definitely steer away from metaphysical terms with a lot of my family. Um, I don't say things like, you know, that I'm feeling very drained or that this person's energy is off. Um, you would be surprised at how much of this information I actually keep to myself <laughs> when I'm around friends and family. I'm always being flooded with an array of information all the time, whether I like somebody, whether I know somebody's manipulative, whether I'm feeling like someone's intentions are not good or if someone's not feeling well and I can tell. Uh, those are things that I respect people's privacy for a lot of times. And it's not something that I just talk to my friends and family about like, oh, wow, that that person is really kind of sketchy. I don't think I want to hang out around that person because they're making me feel a little weird. I don't say that. I just use my classic avoidance. If I'm in a group of people, I just, if if it's somebody that you need to have contact with for a minute, I will do that and then I'll just move away. Um, if it's somebody whose energy is affecting me, I just, I, you know, I use the avoidance. I move, I physically move from their space. So uh, you would be surprised. I think a lot of people are when they, they meet me and they've met my family. I've had people say, oh, what's it like, you know, to have Jen in your family or whatever. And like I said, I don't, I don't express these terms or all of the stuff I'm observing on a psychic or energetic level to friends and family hardly very often unless they ask my opinion. And then if they ask my opinion, then I kind of go into that. So I don't even say that, um, you know, sorry, I didn't want to hang out with these people or I'm, I'm very drained from hanging out with these people, so I need to recharge. I just basically tell them, you know what, I need to relax. I need to chill out. I need to relax and just um, get, you know, 
get some energy back or something. I keep it very mainstream. And I think that works better. It really does work better when you're trying to uh, get some people around you to understand that why you're sort of just chilling out that day or why you're avoiding certain people. If they ask you, just be like, you know, um, I just was more interested in talking to somebody else or um, I wasn't quite vibing with that person. You know, you can switch up your terms and then they're like, oh, okay, they get that. So use relatable terms. That's the big one, Jessica. That was really long-winded. Sorry. Hopefully that you got good information on that. Um, Linda says, how do you protect yourself from the negative energy around you? Well, this is a very, uh, could be a very broad subject. So I'm just going to cover some basic stuff because it could mean, are you talking about negative energy around you like at work or negative energy around you like the world or spouse or, you know what I mean? Like that, that's a lot. And I didn't ask for clarification. So basically what I do in instances like where you're going to be around, let's say a group of people or go to a place like maybe a workplace where you know that there's going to be some negative energy. Um, I like to use a meditations and visualizations to uh, really create an energetic barrier and then always, always grounding techniques. You constantly want to have grounding tricks and techniques. Um, so I wear hematite, um, different types of gemstones. Um, I, I love, love our smudge spray. Um, that's something that when you are around, especially like if you go to a workplace or something, or if you're somewhere where um, you might be in public, you're not necessarily just like in your house. Uh, I like to use the smudge spray is works really well for me. If you're in a space like your house, um, I, as far as negative energy stuff in my house, I do lots of, I, I have meditations for clearing. Um, I do, uh, lots of incense, uh, sage on occasion. It depends. I t like incense better. You can get all the things that I use also on the spiritual guru dot spiritual guru box.com because that's why I, uh, did the clearing section. So, if you're wanting to clear out negative energy out of your space, I would suggest you go to spiritualgurubox.com and then click on the clearing section because I have tons of stuff in there for, for clearing and helping with negative energy. The other thing that I actually love that I do as far as protecting myself from negative energy is we created these really cool scrubs that have some specific... Uh, essential oils cho chosen to help with negative energy and to help with clearing that out. So you've got um, meditation, you've got uh, sage, uh, smudge sprays, um, incense, you know, um, visualization. And then, of course, the main thing that you always want to do, well, this is a little bit different. I'm going to get into that a little bit later probably I know with a few other questions but you want to learn how to strengthen your energy but we'll get into that in a little bit so grounding techniques and all those things that I talked about at this rate you guys this is going to be like three parts so then Cindy says how 
can I as an empath be there emotionally for others and still protect my own energy without completely detaching from them? That's a really good question. Most empaths have this really strong desire to help heal and be there for people and try to heal them, fix them, you know, help them in any way that they can. Yet those types of empaths a lot of times don't have the the maintenance, they don't have the energetic strength to be doing that with people all the time. And then they find out that it affects their well-being and how that they're feeling. So I never suggest that any empath try to help and heal others unless that they've learned proper management techniques, empath management, and proper energetic um, strengthening. Because what happens is if, you're, if you have not gone through proper empath management, if you've not gone through proper empath um, strength, your energetic strength training and learned how to keep a really um, a lot much stronger uh, barrier with yourself and learned how to manage how you're reading energy, what happens is a lot of empaths start to not feel well and they can even become physically ill. So it really doesn't do you any good to suffer your own energetic system and your own health and well-being to be there emotionally for somebody else. Because a lot of times empaths are drawn also to people who are not necessarily on a road to uh, self-empowerment or like actually trying to get themselves out of certain situations. They tend to naturally attract energy vampires. And that is another thing with empaths is, is the ability, the natural unknown ability to attract energy vampires because they can sense an empath's willingness to heal, their willingness to give energy. Because that's essentially what you're doing when you're being there emotionally for somebody else. You're also, uh, without you realizing it, an empath is naturally trying to raise their energy. And how that works is it actually, your energy radiates towards the person that you're trying to be there for emotionally. So even if you're just talking to them and saying, well, hey, you know, I know how you feel, or maybe this might help your situation, the whole time empaths are doing something like that when they're feeling that internal need, that that feeling right in the chest of really having that strong empathic feeling. When that starts to develop, what you're doing is you're actually gathering up energy and you're radiating it towards whatever that you're feeling about. And so it could be a situation, it could be a person, whatever. So you're gathering it up and you're pushing that out and radiating. And an impasse natural ability is to try to then use that energy to raise other people's vibration. So you're using your vibration to reach out, touch someone and, and pull their vibration up. Well, that would be like somebody going in a, into maybe a gym or something and going in and not really lifting any weights and trying to pick up 40 pound dumbbells and carry them around for 15 minutes, walking around, walking around, and then setting them down and leaving the gym and going, well, why does my back sore and these muscles hurt? And I really think I might have pulled something. You know, it's that you're not understanding 
that this is going to happen regardless of you understanding that you're doing. It's how the empath gift works. So it's a natural thing that's going to happen until you learn how to manage the gift, until you learn the awareness and how that sort of works. So I don't suggest that people try to help others on that sort of level unless that they've gone through the proper training. So, Cindy, you need to go through some more training for that if, if that's something that you want to do. Tabitha says, advice for someone who's extremely sensitive to energy, being overwhelmed by people's actions or thoughts, finding peace with this gift, and how to stop giving my energy into things that, doesn't, that don't matter. doesn't matter. So, um, being overwhelmed by people's actions or thought, finding peace with this gift. See, this. a lot of these, I think, are going to run into an... I don't mean to be repetitive, but, you know, it. there's not one specific fix for each thing. That's like if, if you're trying to kind of go on a, let's say that you say, I want to lose 30 pounds. And I say, okay, well, uh, stop eating or drinking soda or stop um, eating ice cream. Like if I just pick kind of one thing or even two things for you, then the chances of you really finding success and reaching your goal, I mean, there's a potential it could happen, but you're dealing with a lot more dynamics when you're wanting to feel better, you know, when you're wanting to not feel overwhelmed, when you're wanting to find peace with your gift, when you're wanting to stop giving energy away, there's like a whole process of stuff that you need to learn and practice. So it would be more like, if you want to 30, lose the 30 pounds and you go see a trainer and a nutritionist and they get you on a regimen of, okay, well, we're going to switch these eating patterns to this and we're going to get you moving in this manner and here's how you're going to do it. Um, that, again, is uh, what empath management and empath development is about. Tabitha, I hope I hope you guys get into the empath school. I'm, I'm really not trying to push this. But I've been doing this for so long that I'm so excited because once you guys kind of learn uh, more of an empath lifestyle, you're going to feel so much different and you're going to feel so empowered. Like you're going to be like, wow, I feel like I feel strong now. Like I feel like I can not just be strong and not just not be overwhelmed and be around people, but I feel like I can use this gift for you know, for good, not evil. <laughs> you know, I feel like I can really do something with this, like in a way that's super helpful and not really sacrificing myself um, in, in, the, in the meantime. So I know that that probably wasn't what you were looking for, but that you're going to need to learn empath management and energy strengthening. <clears throat> so Tina says, how can empaths gain more energy? I feel tired a lot, but I'm very interested in learning all I can about the subject of energy. Um, the main thing that people, empaths do, the main mistake is, is they, well, there's three main mistakes. One is they're not careful about who they're giving their energy to. So basically, when you're giving energy away, it's people who you're spending time with. Uh, because like I said, empaths naturally radiate energy to other people who are of lower vibration. It's just a natural occurrence. It's just what happens. So um, when your empath sense, senses since somebody being of lower vibration, it'll naturally start to uh, vibe heal them. It'll naturally start to do that. So 
how do you want to conserve more energy? You want to be more aware of low vibration and or low vibration energy people that you're hanging out with, because then while you're over here, you know, working on the keyboard or doing something like it, like at work, or like if you're visiting with somebody, um, that and somebody else of low vibration isn't, you know, getting your energy from you, um, because you kind of learn to avoid, you know, my avoidance rule, you learn to avoid, uh, energetically low vibration people, and then they will stop pulling from you when you're not paying attention. People will pull from you, um, without you realizing it. And that's, uh, um, a quality of being an empath that is not awesome, but, um, it can be kind of cool. But anyways, they will pull from you without you even knowing it. It's just like you're doing something else and the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I don't feel super awesome. Um, and then, of course, the other thing that I noticed that empaths do not do, they brush off a lot, is the grounding techniques. So, again, you radiate the energy during the day. Um, then you also, it, it kind of circles through. So you, you will pick up some residual energy from places that you are because... Um, that's just what you do. So you kind of, it's part of the, the radiation process. So like, that's not a good word to use, but it's the only one I can think of. Um, so as you radiate the energy, you also sponge up some of the other energy that's not useful to those people, um, or that your body will naturally just pull from them to help push their vibe up. Um, so you need to get rid of that. And how you get rid of that is, um, through a lot of grounding techniques. And then, of course, we're back to energy strengthening, which the main thing with that is uh, keeping your vibration high. And anything that you can do to keep your vibration high is going to strengthen every single time. So like if you do things that you're enjoying or you're listening to music or whatever, that creates a stronger energetic field and a stronger one and a stronger one. So I have a lot of techniques that I, I go into um, and some of my other stuff with that building up of the energy, the strengthening energy. Then also, I do have a really good meditation, that chi meditation um, that's on it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, that's a super good meditation if you're looking for a meditation for strengthening your energy. And actually, I should have suggested that to um, one of the other ladies that was on here. And now I just it just came to me. So, Brandy. Would love to know tool. Would love to know tools as how not to make other, as how not to take on other people's issues. I am especially triggered by my children physically as they get sick. <clears throat> I get sick. How do you be for them and yet protect them? The funny thing is, especially when you're working with children, Brandy, is that can actually be helpful. As weird as that is, because a lot of times children can't explain to you how they're feeling. Um, and so if they're feeling physically sick and then you get sick, uh, you can actually many times tune, in, tune into their energetic and you can learn what part of their system they're having issues with. So as a, as a mother, that's helpful because you can figure out what they would maybe need as far as you know medications or food or things like that because you can tune into them. Because if you're that aligned, 
be like I am with my kids. Uh, you can tune into their system and go, oh, okay, they're missing this. Or, oh, they're not doing this. Or uh, you can tune in and see, like, why did they get sick? Are they lacking some nutrients? Are they stressed out? Yes, children get very, very stressed out. They just don't tend to tell you about it or you don't tend to notice about it. Um, so, yes, you can tune into there and go, okay, here's what the cause is. And then also you can get information on how to... Um, you know, give them the proper nutrients or how to help them relieve stress because children don't know how to do that. And the last thing is actually if you uh, do a visualization where you're aligning both you and your kid's energy and you start to heal and adjust your energy. So if you do a meditation where you start to align your own energy and adjust it and make it uh, stronger and kind of get rid of the the... Um, stuff that's going on, you can also run that same uh, that same white light through you, through your child, and it will adjust both your energies. You can actually adjust their vibrations a little bit better. But um, even if you don't do the meditation, weird enough, it's actually a nice thing to have every once in a while because you can better help your children not be sick or you know get better. I guess I would say. So as far as taking on other people's issues, um, a lot of people, especially empaths, they need to learn and understand that everybody's going to have issues almost all the time. And so unless they're specifically saying, can you help me with X, Y, Z? If you spend time trying to fix everybody's problems all the time, you're going to just run yourself straight into the ground. Um, so you need to allow them to deal with their issues because that's why we're here. We're here to grow and learn. And a lot of times people's issues is what takes them to a whole different place in their life where they need to be. So for instance, if somebody's really unhappy at a job or in a relationship or whatever, and they're meant to leave the place or the person and they have all these issues, but they're like, nope, I'm not, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. The universe will keep throwing curveballs and hurdles at these people until they go, oh, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I have to make a change. That's how change happens. So, you know, I guess I would tell you to look at it different. When you look at other people's issues, I would suggest not trying to fix the issue. You don't want to do that necessarily but I would try to pull yourself back and observe what changes is the universe trying to get them to make? What are their guides trying to tell them? There's obviously some thing that they need to shift because if there wasn't something that needed to be shifted, they wouldn't be having any issues because energy would be flowing nicely and everything would be moving on a path, right? Moving smoothly down a path. Issues are about change. Issues are about you resisting change. That's what that's about. So empaths need to really understand and, and allow people to go through their journeys because if they don't go through their journeys, they're not going to be able to make changes that are going to bring really cool things in their future or going to bring them to an area that they're supposed to be. So you don't want to fix everybody's issues. You just, it's, it's, you're now dabbling in their charts if you're doing that. And um, if they really need some emotional support, which some of them will, 
will. You can be there for them during that time, but don't try to fix it because just because if they're having an emotional issue over something that they're going through, that doesn't mean that there's that change is still not needed and you're many people don't do well with change. So they may still address some things, feeling very upset about them um, because they're afraid of, you know, an outcome because that they're resisting against things. Um, You know, there's all kinds of things that go with it. So I would suggest you view uh, people's issues differently. Uh, Lori says, which crystal is the most effective to use where when in public to assist with not absorbing everyone's emotions? I have a couple that are my favorites. One is I did my um, fear and abundance bundle. No, wait a minute. That's not what it's called. Um, a fear, anxiety, opportunity bundle <clears throat> on spiritual guru. Um, that is a good bundle that I like and wear often. Um, the other ones that I like to wear in public is uh, amethyst, uh, smoky quartz, Shungite is really good, and hematite. So those ones are really good when you're trying not to absorb people's emotions. Uh, Leah says, I didn't realize until just recently that I take on others' pain, especially that of my daughter's. How do I separate myself from the pain and what is mine? I've been able to do it somewhat, but I still it's still very confusing. I, there's a pretty simple trick from that. If, and know if, pain, if you... Feel pain somehow that doesn't correlate to anything that you should feel pain from. Didn't have an accident, didn't have an injury, whatever. Uh, Or you didn't need anything weird. And then you notice that your daughter or child or spouse or whoever is having pain. uh, Then all you really have to do is kind of make a mental shift in your brain. And it will start to separate the energy. So if you start realizing that, oh, that's actually going on with somebody else this is not my thing, I'm mirroring it, then actually it will start to uh, separate the energy. It will start to uh, put, it will start to kind of cut the mirroring a little bit and it can, it can move it apart. But it actually mentally makes it a lot different for you. You don't seem to experience the pain in the same way as somebody who is supposed to be experiencing the pain. So just the awareness of it and going, okay, yep, this is not this is not mine. Then that actually changes things in how the you the pain feels. Um, and then it depends on if you're starting to talk about emotional pain versus physical pain too, because emotional pain, just like I said before, people have to go through emotional pain. And an empath uh, who's not properly trained doesn't realize a lot of times that 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 needs to happen for others it needs to happen for them to get to certain places is it joyful to watch no and that's why empaths want to fix it not just because it's not joyful to watch but empaths uh, like their environment to be calm and so they are very adamant about wanting to fix all the energy around them okay So they want to fix the energy so that they feel calmer. They want to fix the energy around them so that that their environment feels good to them. And so they don't even think about it, but they start becoming obsessive about like, 
well, I don't want this person to be upset because then I can feel that. Well, I don't want this person to be having issues because then I can feel that. And then you start feeling all of these issues and things going on around you. So it becomes like uh, in, instead of removing yourself and from their energy and pulling yourself back and going, oh, they're, they're, they're going through something that they need to shift. Oh, okay, well, they're really getting ready to make a leap in their life. Okay, well, this is, you know, it's, it's really about your perception of what pain is for somebody. It's, it's, it's you not understanding that these are parts of their chart that's coming out and how people handle them is all different. But that doesn't mean just because they're afraid and just because of their perception of situations doesn't always mean it's all bad. It just usually means there's change coming. So that's hopefully what you guys are taking away from a lot of this. Um, Katie says, your podcasts have taught me so much about being an empath. Yay. I'll probably post more questions when I think about them. Are you doing more? Will you be doing more empath classes? Yes. Um, and that's what I was talking about. And so also, if you were an empath, does that mean that you were one in all your past lives? Oh, I like that question. Or did you develop it through uh, your different lifetimes? Generally, most empaths uh, have carried that ability with them through other lifetimes. I know that I've had a lot of my abilities in all a lot of my lifetimes. Um, but that doesn't mean that you always were aware of them or experienced them, just like some people are just becoming aware of their abilities in this lifetime. Many times people will still ignore them or not develop them, but... Yes, I would say it's most likely what I have seen is empaths, if they were one in one lifetime, they definitely, it's part of their soul, part of their spirit. It's something that they would carry with them during other physical lifetimes. Of course you have it in the spiritual world, but um, during other physical lifetimes, yes, it's part of who you are. So um Melissa says, tips for self-love and self-care, especially, uh, specifically around finding bliss versus clinging to external situations that bring te temporary bliss. Well, that's a pretty good uh, awareness thing right there is you're like, okay, well, um, we're clinging to external situations. So awareness is, is that, and that's good. Uh, tips for self-care, self-love. So Empaths cannot fix anybody if they're not feeling healthy, first of all. So I know that we all tend to, um, you know, put feelings, you know, good on the back burner because we have too many other things to do. So it's really a matter of priorities. You know, I find it interesting. I think most people should want to live their best life, the, the best life that they can. I find that it, and you can see the people who want to live the best life that they can. And that means um, making choices accordingly. L like, you you know, some people are here for short time, some people are here for long time. But they, they, everybody really should be like, wow, I have this opportunity to create my life however I want to create it. And I'm going to do the best job I possibly can. And all of this is a cycle. So the more that you get into doing living every day and taking care of yourself in your best possible manner, people are going to start understanding that that raises your vibration. And when it raises your vibration, it brings in other things that you want in life, freedom, 
love, security, um, which all is what people think stems from money, but they're not really looking for the money itself. They're actually looking for freedom, love, and security and things like that. Um, so once you understand that your relationships and your money flow and uh, your happiness and all of that really ties into self-care and self-love, that you are the starting point for that by taking care of yourself and keeping your vibration high, then your whole life's going to change. Because once you realize that that's the starting point and you start doing it and then you start seeing other shifts in your life, it will be, be something I won't have to remind you of because you'll be going like, no, this was really working for me. And then when I started noticing this and paying more attention to it, my whole life started to change. And, and then you'll fall back into old patterns and go, wait a minute, what? I stopped doing this. And then, then you'll go back to it. Um, as far as finding bliss versus clinging to external situations, uh, that's all about, you know, finding something that is really uh, purposely fulfilling on a soul level. Um, most people who are empaths already are struggling with that because they used to like things that were external or something like that, you know, I don't know, just physical things. And now when you become more in tune with your spiritual body, you realize that, that those are not important any, is important anymore. Um, fulfillment is very important. Feeling that your spiritual body vibe really high or vibrate really high, which is where, where, what happens when you feel aligned with a purpose, you start vibrating at a ridiculously high level, and that has a sense of euphoria that comes with it. And so you really need to start aligning with your purpose and uh, just things that bring you joy and, um, you know, understanding that aspect of yourself. So that's what I was to suggest in that regards, because most people and most people are listening to this podcast, they're not going to find joy in the physical things anymore. They really need to concentrate on self-care. It's all a package. So it's all about really discovering who you are and then enhancing that version of yourself, because the more you enhance that version of yourself, the more that you're going to notice that it affects your physical environment as well. And, you know, we're human, so we like to have nice things and, and, and experience cool stuff in this physical world. Uh, John says, we are so sensitive. Where do we fit in in such a brutal world? How do we discern when to process or act on our intuition? So again, that goes back to, I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but if there wasn't these things going on, change wouldn't be coming. And there's a lot of change that's going to be happening in the next 20 years. So we all know that this has been coming and we need to understand a little bit of some of the stuff that's going on is really instigating change for the environment, for people, for whatever. Um, and that's important to propelling us to a more spiritual, um, high vibration level. We can't, most, most things, if, if things are always going well, nobody changes anything. You know, if you just keep going on the same path in your life, if you just keep, like, if everything just seems, oh, everything's going pretty good, 
Um, if everything is just kind of, oh, this is working out okay in this area or, you know, just in your life or uh, as far as this, these types of politics go or whatever, nothing changes, nothing gets better, nothing, nothing develops, nothing grows, nothing evolves if we don't have change. So in order to do that, because everybody is a creature of habit, we need to have things happen that shakes things up. So shaking things up is not always bad. Now, I'm not saying that there's not bad things that happen, but I'm saying just you pull yourself back and view the, the larger picture of all things. View the larger picture of this person's uh, event or situation. View the large, larger picture of what happened in this country. View from a larger perspective, where is this event or thing taking this, this person or this, this culture to? What, what is it? What is the universe trying to unfold with this? Where, where are we going? What, where, what is trying to be um, evolving out of this? Because there's constant evolving out of situations that make people feel uncomfortable. And so that is, is what you need to see is that with this uncomfortable stuff as an empath there's evolvement that's happening and as an empath you have the ability to tune into that you have the ability to pull back and look further in into the future so you have an ability to pull back then go forward and go okay so joe or which is weird because your name's john but joe is having a really hard time so i'm going to pull back from the situation and feel into his future and feel so how do things work out feel where is he really supposed to be going feel like what is supposed to be evolving out of this situation? You see what I mean? Um, and how do we discern when to process and act and and act on our intuition? Um, I guess I don't really know how to answer that because I'm not really sure about the question and stuff that I really, um, I just use my intuition all the time. So yeah, I'm not really sure about how to answer that. Sorry, John. Um, then Rebecca says, is being an empath the reason I've forgotten most of my childhood? Um, I would suspect not. Most empaths do not necessarily forget their childhood um, just because they're very sensitive. My guess is that there's probably some other things that might have gone on the, with the forgetting of the childhood. So no, those don't necessarily tend to go together. Uh, Laura said, would being an empath explain all the supernatural experiences I have had started when I was five to seven, um, then nothing until college, there was a wild period where I thought I was going crazy, um, et cetera, et cetera. Would be, so would being an empath explain all the supernatural experiences? Uh, it would have a lot to do with it most likely because when you're an empath, it's a psychic ability, it's a psychic sense. Uh, those who have higher psychic senses tend to experience more super, supernatural type experiences because they're more tuned into the energy. Um, they're more tuned into the spiritual realm. So yes, that would uh, probably explain a lot of it. Greg says, how do I stop caring or caring so deeply for the narcissist? I know all of the, what? I know all of the no contact stuff. But I see and feel all the pain of an innocent child before she came that way. It's horrible sometimes. Telepathy is like, she knows she's stuck and she knows I care and cries for me, leaving me with just being the one who been. Um, Greg, that is a really good question, but I'm kind of confused on what the question is. 
So I, it feels like we're talking about like three different things there. So um, I might have to just, you might have to clarify that and I might have to answer that later. And then I'm going to get into one last one and then we're going to stop for today and then I will be back for part two. Um, Nikki says, being an empath used to really bother me. Now I feel like I've really owned it and I know when it's for me and when it's not. Help to redirect energy if it's much. But now I like... Um, but now I like to be able to turn it up and get deeper into it and use the gift uh, better in my career massage. That is amazing. That's a good example of learning how to manage your abilities and then getting into empath development. Love it. Also, how does being an empath play with being intuitive and being a medium? I've moved into trying to improve my mediumship because I know it's there. It's there, but can cannot harness it at all. Um, how does being an empath play with being an intuitive and being a medium that's a very good question it actually it, it works in a way that if you're an empath and a psychic or you're an empath and a medium uh, you, the way that you process information is going to be a bit different than somebody who is not empathic and not a, a psychic or medium so or not an empath and is a psychic or a medium so it's more about just how the way that you process information than anything else. Um, I also find that it's almost like you have another layer. So it, I find that it's easier to train people to, to develop their abilities as a medium and a, and a psychic or an intuitive uh, when they have empathic abilities. It's just uh, a lot of times the empath doesn't know how to work with the psychic abilities and the mediumship abilities. So it can make your translation a little bit different and how you utilize that and how you receive information um, and actually that's a really good one too because when I get into the empath school after I do after my first course um, I'm going to get into empath psychic development and then empath mediumship development so watch for that Nikki because I think that you will really enjoy that all right I have done a lot of questions here, so this is going to just be a part one. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through it all, and turns out not. So I hope that you found this helpful. I'm loving all this empath stuff. Like I said, it's something I am specializing in. I've I've uh, actually specialized in it for years now, um, but I'm just I'm taking my teaching of empaths to the next level. I hope so much that you guys join me who are empaths because you're going to find it extremely helpful. I will be posting all that information though on, you know, everywhere in my podcast. So definitely click on the link below to get into the, you know, to be informed of when the school opens. And um, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely make sure to comment or like, subscribe, whatever, you know, all those things. Oh, and then of course my little cousin says, don't forget to tell them to click the notification bell, which I thought was really funny. So I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a, right? I, there's a notification bell? He's like, yes, and it's a very important, Jen. So I said, okay. So subscribe, notification bell, and get on the wait list for the school. And I hope that you enjoyed this. I will be back with part two soon. Have the most amazing day. Aloha.